0: Greetings and salutations, sports fans. Welcome back to At The Half. I'm your host, Jackie Ray. You are listening to me on CBTV Radio or 950 Lounge or anywhere podcasts are played. Thank you so much for joining me. Make sure you follow me on all things social media at JrayTheFanatic. Also venture over to my YouTube page to check out some kind of cool content over there as well. We've got a lot to talk about this uh, this week. Um, Washington is having conversations about changing the name. It's fake conversations, but I don't think it's going to go the way everyone thinks. We're going to talk about that. Also, Kanye West is considering running for president. Is that even possible? We're going to talk about that. The NFL season's got some things going on. I don't think they planned this out as much as they should have. And I'm going to share my unpopular opinion. So let's get right into this. Now, again, Washington. Y'all know I refuse to say the last half of that organization's name. Dan Snyder, since he has owned the team, has said he will not change the name as long as he owns that organization. He has stuck to his guns on that one. And suddenly... Now that they might lose their funding and lose the land to build uh, their new stadium, all of a sudden they are having conversations. They haven't just flat out changed the name because they could just say, hey, right now, let's just take that part off. We're just going to be Washington. They could say that. That would be the noble thing to do. They didn't. They're just saying, hey, we're having conversations about that. But, you know, I'm thinking that just having those conversations isn't good enough because just two days after they made that announcement, um, Dwight Shard, Bob Rockman, and Fred Smith, who are the minority owners of that organization for 17 years, are now looking to sell their shares. Um, they've been with Washington since 2003. They owe 20, own 20% stake in the franchise. Um, when they bought in, it was $200 million initially for that 20% stake. But as of July 2019, Forbes listed Washington as a $3.1 billion franchise, um, which means if that is the case, replacing those three men is going to cost 40% stake in the, in the franchise, and it would cost $400 million a piece. That is a nice chunk of change, guys. So my thoughts on this. I think Dan Snyder is a man of his word. I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to change the name under his watch. I think what we might see is there might be a sell of the team. Um, maybe a family member takes over as owner of the team. And but he said as long as he owns the team, they will not change the name. So I do think that he's going to stick to that. Or like I said on the fumble last week. I think he's probably having conversations right now with some of his other billionaire friends, and they are figuring out a way that they can get this land or make up any lost revenue they're making from, from their sponsors pulling funding from them. They're going to try to figure out a way to continue to keep the name, but they'll just pay for it. And I think they'll be fine with that. I think what's unfortunate is the fan base will be fine with it. The reason why Dan has had no reason to change the name is because he hasn't lost any any fan base. He still sells merchandise. They still sell tickets. None of the fan base seems to care. So they're not going to care going forward because because the natives have been saying this for very a very long time. So it's a little late in the game to think that people are going to start caring now. I know what you guys are thinking. That's the movement we're on. Right now, I'm not arguing that, except for to say, I don't think people really change at their core. And we've heard so many people that say, oh, I want to keep politics out of sports. The problem with that, though, you're not keeping politics out of sports. It's racism. Racism and politics, although they do tend to run hand in hand, they shouldn't. So we're not talking about keeping politics out of sports. We're talking about keeping racism out of sports. And considering the league is predominantly black anyway, you should want to do that. But Here's here's my thought though. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. The NFL is never going to change until black owners have a seat at the table, until the NFL expands, gets two expansion teams, and those are owned by black people. So there can be a seat at the table. We're going to continue to run into these types of problems. That being said though, minority ownership, not a bad way to go. So if we're talking about three people would have to do a 200 million or I'm sorry a 400 million dollar buy in to own 40% stake. I'm saying let's do six people do 200 million dollars each or three people in Oprah. You know what I mean? I I think I think we have enough black people in the world today who could make this happen. I understand that it's not at all what I want. It is not a full ownership. I get that, but let's start it somewhere because at some point Dan Snyder is going to have to relent. He is going to have to either change the name or give up the team. If he gives up the team and we have this minority stake already, now we're in a better position to make this lucrative for us. So, that is my thought on that. Again, I don't I don't see Dan Snyder changing that name of that team. <laughs> That man is standing his ground, but I do want to move on because I've been seeing all over Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, that Kanye West is considering running for president. My first thought was this is a total and complete joke. This isn't real. Why would he do this? This is stupid, but I had to catch myself because I had those same exact thoughts When 45 decided he was gonna run for president, I was like, he has no experience, he's an idiot, why would he do this? And look who's in office right now. So it made me take a step back and I said, okay, when 45 said it, he said it early enough that it could be a bid, like he could get everything in place to make this really happen. We all know the election is happening in November, seems a little too close for Kanye to be able to make this happen. On top of that, The man just sounds a little crazy. Let me, let me, before I tell you whether or not this can happen, let's keep the suspense there. Uh, let's talk about some of the things he said when talking about, um, his bid for uh, the 2020 presidency. Um, he says his party would be called the birthday party and he'd have guidance from Elon Musk. Oh God. He said like anything I've ever done in my life, I'm doing, I'm doing this to win the birthday party. I would rather him say the rent is too damn high party. At least that makes sense. But come on, Kanye. But let's see. We know he said he doesn't support Donald Trump anymore, which, okay, we never knew why you did in the first place. So we're not we're not giving you any credit for that now. Um, He also says that he's never voted in his life. Kanye troubles me because if you're going to how are you going to inspire people to do something you've never, ever done? This I don't know. I don't know. He says he had a uh, COVID-19 in, in February, but that he's definitely still suspicious about black people taking the vaccine. But his reasonings are are off. He says that they um, might be trying to put chips in us and, and the chips would ultimately keep us out of heaven. <laughs> like Kanye, what's that? Some of his stuff makes sense though. This is This is the difficult nature of Kanye West. We all gave him a lot of flack and a lot of grief when he said slavery was a choice. I got what he was saying. I just didn't agree with how he said it because there's always been a part of me that understands history, that I understand that there was a moment in time as slaves that we outnumbered the white slave owners. Why in the hell didn't we just storm the castle Carol Baskin, everybody, and just move on with our lives. I don't understand why we sat there in that in that environment and let them rape us, murder us, sell us off like cattle. But unless if you read the Willie Nitch letter and you understand the manipulation of the mind, like we see this all the time, we see people who are in basically cults because their minds have been manipulated. So this is not new information, but I get what he was trying to say. Like, why didn't we do better as a people? Why didn't we stick together as a people and, and just shut it down? I agree with that mindset. Now, why don't we do better as a people? Why don't we stick together and shut it down? So that's what I'm saying. Kanye West is one of those people that he has certain truths in what he's saying. So like this one, he says, he believes that Planned Parenthood, Has been put inside our the black communities to do. He said the devil's work, but obviously we know that Planned Parenthood was founded by a racist, so that's not far fetched either. Um, He said his original plan was to run in 2024, but he says if he went, he says that every president has been ordained by God. God has a very unique sense of humor. If we're trying to say. That's troublesome. But here's the problem though. He seems to be on this very Jesus kick, this Christianity kick. There's a problem with that. And I'm speaking from personal experience. My family, half of them is diehard uh, Christians. Half of them are diehard Jehovah's Witnesses. There's a problem with that because when 45 can say, I'm a Christian, I don't believe in abortion. And that's all you need to hear because it, it, it coincides with your Christian ideals. It goes against your interests as a black person. Nothing about Donald Trump is pro-black. Nothing about Donald Trump screams reform, screams change, screams let's make America great again. I'm still confused as when that we were great since we were founded on tyranny and terrorism, but you know, whatever. So you if you put religion at the forefront of your mindset, especially when fun fact kids, none of us really know because nobody's come back to tell us anything, but it's it's it, it makes you, it puts you in a position to make uneducated decisions. So this is the problem with Kanye West. He says that if he wins, he'll be ordained by God, blah, 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 blah. I thought it couldn't happen. I thought he had missed the deadlines for everything, but I was wrong. (laughs) Turns out he could do it. He missed every single deadline that would allow him to be on actual ballot. So when you go in and you see Joe Biden, you see 45's name, and then you see Kanye West, that deadline has passed. But he still could be a write-in. He's a, he was born here in the States. He's obviously been here for more than 14 years, and he's over 35. That's literally all he needs. He needs to raise some funds. He needs to disclose his financial information. That's a funny thing that that's actually a requirement, because I don't recall 45 ever disclosing his taxes and stuff like that Says, but whatever. You know they're going to make this black man do it, so Kanye would have to be prepared for that, which I think he'd be fine with, but he could still be a write-in. He's he, he missed, um, like I said, the deadlines to be a write, uh, on the actual ballot, but as of July 9th, he has 30 days to be on almost every state's ballot. There are some that he missed. He can't be a write-in in Colorado, Maine, New Mexico, North Carolina, or Texas, but he has 15 days to be a write-in um, in Florida, South Carolina, and Oklahoma. He has until the 20th to make the deadline in Illinois, and we know Illinois is a big state. Um, he has to win that. That's an important always is the last one we're waiting on. Um, he has until the 16th in Michigan, the 27th in Missouri, the 30th in New York and the 31st in West Virginia. If he makes these deadlines and these deadlines aren't that, that hard It's literally file some paperwork, get a couple signatures. You're good. So we'll see how the spirit moves Kanye, but I'm telling you, I made this mistake. I made this mistake with 45, and I didn't take it seriously, and I didn't speak out because I legit thought that this was some sort of him trying to push some ridiculous reality show, or him just making fun of Republicans because we all knew that he said that Republicans are stupid. So I thought that he was gonna, you know, pretend like he was gonna run, and then at the last minute be like, ha ha, just to prove a point. I was wrong before. I didn't prepare for before. I didn't raise anyone's red flags on this before. So I need to do that now. Kanye West could legit run for president. The black man that walks around with a Confederate flag on his arm could be president. The black man who says that Donald Trump is the most godly president that he's had in his lifetime could become president. It is possible. And it's not outside the realm of possibility when Joe Biden If you've done any research as black people, you know, Joe Biden, not the best choice. 45, horrible choice, but we live in a two party system. So you got to choose one or the other. And we are just in a really bad way. So I could see this being a viable possibility for a lot of people. It's kind of like the devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't know. Sometimes maybe the devil you don't know won't beat you as bad. He won't burn you the hell out of you. I don't know, guys, but I'm telling you, take this seriously. Watch how Kanye moves because it's possible. Kanye West, the 46th president of the United States is a possibility. And if that happens, I know Obama going to be sitting back and be like, boy, I tell you what, (laughs) they ain't missing nobody like they miss me because it's going to be bad, especially for black people. You want to talk about a president that I think will be bad for black people? You get somebody like Kanye West in there who plays both sides of the fence. We're gonna be steps away from Handmaid's Tale, but woo, y'all pray, y'all pray for Kanye. Those of y'all who believe in prayer, go ahead and get that up right now. Go ahead and pray for Kanye and pray for all of us. Cause I'm telling you, either way, we're gonna be bad. It's not gonna be good. So when we come back though, like I said, I'm gonna give you my unpopular opinion and we are going to talk about the NFL and what is going on. They don't have a strong plan in place yet you don't plan, you kind of plan to fail. So we're going to talk about that. Stay with us. Thanks again for listening to At The Half on CBTV Radio and 950 Lounge. We'll be right back.
1: Heartbeats from the bottom of the Atlantic, Tide screams, midnight horror stories dangling from trees. We's tired, hands broken, wealth built and we never seen. We, 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 we's tired, tired of lynching and lies, turning our pain into smiles, our hurt to the dance, tired of sacrificing our baby's dreams to make you feel comfortable. We's tired, we's tired of kneeling and nodding, winning but losing, first but last, and we can't even raise our fist at a football game. Hell, we can't even raise our fist at a football game. So this is what we want. We want to love ourselves freely. We want to speak for ourselves. We don't want handouts. We just want everything we created and everything that was created as a result of what we created. And we want it with interest. We want to outlaw racism and white supremacy and ban the Confederate flag. We want to be free from images that undermine our self-esteem. And we don't want to get choked to death in our own backyard. Yeah, this is what we want is what we want, like one big queen, like one big we, one big outrageous we, one big outrageous weed, Yeah, this is what we want, what we need. Yeah, this is what we want, what we need, what we want, what we need, what we want, what we need, what we want, need, what need, what need, and we need it now,
0: we need it now, we need it now. Black lives matter. Black All right, all right, guys. Welcome back to At the Half. I'm your host, Jackie Ray. So I know we are all Jonesin course in sports. And when I say all I specifically mean me, I am literally going nuts. Um, for those of you who don't know, if you've never, if I've never mentioned it, which would be weird, right? I am from Denver, Colorado. My family are season ticket holders to the Broncos. I am never going to move back to Denver. So I don't know why I'm hanging on to those tickets, except for the fact that I just really like saying I'm a season ticket holder. But here's the thing. The deadline to pay for tickets was actually... I believe it was June 4th. I still haven't paid for the tickets yet Um, because there's a part of me that I just feel like, what are we, are they going to even allow fans in the stands? But yet they're still asking for their money and they're saying, oh, if you don't, if we don't have fans in the stands, then we'll give you the money back. Um, First thing we heard is they were going to cut preseason games. Now we're hearing that there's going to be two preseason games but we still don't know if there's going to be fans in the stands. If there are fans in the stands, it's going to be drastically reduced. I think there's not, they're not going to allow more than, I think, a third of the original fans that could be there are going to be allowed in the stands. And then at that point, it's like, well, who, how do you know? So it's a little weird to fork out $3,000 for something that you don't know if you'll actually be able to use. And then you know how that works. It's going to take them forever to get you your money back. So I've been reluctant to pay for those tickets. Personally, I would still go. I would try to still fly back for a couple of uh, games, not the winter games, obviously, but I would still go. I would still try to go to a game because I love football. I love being in the stadium. Um, when the Rams play here and they play my Saints, I'm I'm going to go. If we can get fans in the stand, I'm going to go. I understand that we are seeing spikes in the coronavirus. I don't know what that means, Um I hate to give 45 any credit, but there's some smidge of logic <laughs> in what he is saying. He's an, he, oh, I almost called him something. Lord Jesus. <laughs> He is asinine in saying that um, we're, we have more people who are testing positive because everyone's taking tests. That's not actually true. I, I literally only know one person personally who's taken the COVID-19 test. Um, but I will say now testing is free. You know, when this whole pandemic first happened, we weren't, people were going to the hospital with normal symptoms, sometimes even to get a checkup and then finding out they had the virus. We know DL Hughley was going on about his life. He didn't have one single solitary symptom and passed out during a show. Apparently now passing out is a symptom. So we're starting to learn more. I, I read um, last week that they think maybe it's airborne now. And, and like just in little particles, like when you speak, you know, there's little particles that come Look, I know it sounds gross, but it's a, it's a factual statement. So now it could be transmitted that way, or maybe it's just airborne. Like there's a lot we don't know about this test, about the virus itself to not get tested. I haven't personally been tested, but I implore a lot of people to get tested. And there's a testing facility in Inglewood that I drive by like five times a week and they have a bunch of stations there, and I've literally only seen maybe five, six cars there. So it's not like we're flocking to the testing sites to get tested, but we have seen some spikes. We've seen the Ivy League is like doing away with sports. We're reopening schools, but we're still seeing a spike. The way we are handling this virus situation is super confusing. So I'm not super surprised or even mad that the NFL doesn't really know how or what they're gonna do. Um, that on Tuesday, they did inform its board of representatives that they will be holding 35, 35% of the player's salaries in escrow to help deal with potential revenue, revenue loss because of this pandemic that all of a sudden makes Patrick Mahomes, uh, contract make sense. Doesn't it half a billion dollars. You put 35% of that in escrow. Uh, Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, a bigger chunk of change. Obviously, the players aren't for that because that, that doesn't make sense for the players. A lot of them took to the social media to be to talk about that. Um, it just doesn't make sense for the players, especially when you're telling the players, hey, we know it's not necessarily safe, but if we don't have a season, we're not gonna get any revenue. So we want you guys to go ahead and travel and practice, even though we're gonna reduce your your training. Um, which makes you prone to injury. And if we reduce the preseason and you don't have the training, again, you're not getting the reps in that kind of gets you football ready. Just because you're in shape doesn't make you football ready. I think anybody who watches the game knows that. So there's a lot of, it. Just like I said, it doesn't make sense. But the NFLPA, so they get it. They, They understand why the possibility of having to play a season without fans is significant for the NFL, and so therefore they would want to hold some money in escrow, but they also understand why the players don't, they don't like it. So also that's going to affect the salary caps. I Salary caps are so baffling to me um, because I think number one, they, they grow exponentially uh, and sometimes they're just not paid attention to at all. I think the Kansas City Chiefs did not pay attention to the salary cap at all, unless they know something we don't and the salary cap is going to go way, way up they've pretty much screwed themselves after 2023 because most of their offensive line, their contracts are coming up between now and 2023. That's just their offensive line. We're not even talking about their defensive line. And Chris Jones is already talking about holding out. And so I don't know how they're going to be able to pay these people when you got a half a billion dollar man out there, unless he decides to renegotiate his contract. And, and again, we're making all these giant money moves in the middle of a pandemic So it really is this weird limbo because on the one side, I understand the players want their contracts. They want to get paid. If I had my own franchise, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not making any money moves until we can see what we're going to do. Are we going to have 20% of fans in stands? 50% of fans? Are we going to have a full season? Can we have a full season? I need a few more answers before I started putting paper to pen you know, and inking deals for these people. So I'm, again, I'm not mad that this is happening, but Philip rivers posed a very inter- interesting question because they have a lot of testing protocols in place. Um, you have to get tested twice. It's a, it's a lot there. They're, everything has to be disinfected properly if you're taking your personal um uh, non-chartered plane that has to be disinfected you have to get tested before you get on the plane you have to get tested after you get off the plane you have to get tested before you get get back on to go back to wherever it's a lot of testing um so Philip Rivers asked a very interesting question he said now we know Philip Rivers is going to be starting with the Colts so i guess he's thinking that a change of scenery might mean he actually has a shot at the Super Bowl because he's clearly thinking about that because he says, Hey, so if an asymptomatic player tests positive for COVID-19 just before the Super Bowl, can he still play in the Super Bowl? Especially if he's showing no symptoms, right? That's a great question. So a player who tests positive but shows no symptoms, um, and has two avenues of travel, they will either be sidelined or quarantined for 10 days following the test, or for only 5 days, but the latter requires two consecutive negative tests within a 24-hour period and clearance from respective team's physicians after the physician consults with both the infectious infection control infection control for sports, which is the ICS, and the NFL chief medical officer. So the the short answer is is yes, if you test positive for COVID-19, you will have to miss out on the Super Bowl, which I think is very unfortunate. So my question is this, and I need you guys to help me out with this one. Why are we moving forward? Why are we? Why are we saying okay, this is this is the right way to go? I understand how difficult it is. Trust me, I understand how difficult it is to be locked inside with no real avenue. One of my favorite things to do is go to karaoke. I have not been to karaoke since March 1st, my favorite thing in the world to do. I love going to the movies. I used to go to the movies once a month. I haven't been to the movies since March. So I'm literally working from home, going to find some restaurant that I can eat outside watching UFC. That's like, that's the, that's it. And so then there's another point. If UFC, which is very, very, very much a contact sport is having weekly they are on islands though i believe right they're super isolated so okay so maybe that's not the best example but the nba is going in a bubble so maybe that's just there's just so many difficult ways in which this could play out um so training camps are set to start in less than a month and the the nfl is saying hey no we're 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 going with this um But the Packers are like, no, we don't, we don't know. The Packers made a statement that said the following. They said, we've made decisions along the way, but the major ones we've been able to put off until we have more information with so much uncertainty, it has made, it has made sense that we have not made decisions until we obviously have to. As we near the start of training camp, though rookies will start practice on July 21st and the veterans on the 28th, time is no longer on our side. So Green Bay is freaking out. But Green Bay is freaking out late. Y'all should have fr- freaked out during the draft when you have Aaron Rodgers and y'all didn't get him no help. Y'all freaking out late. But Dr. Fauci says that he doesn't think that, that we should start at all. He thinks that start restarting the NBA, restarting the NFL is very problematic. Um, I have not seen – and so here, here comes the question for me. And I'm definitely using UFC as, you know, an example for COVID-19 because I haven't seen, I think there's been one case, George Mastival, who is fighting this weekend. He's going to be without his coach because his coach tested pro- positive. So and his his coach, Mike Brown has tested positive, but I think that's the only, oh no, Pedro uh, also tested positive. I forgot about that. Um, so that's two people, right? And then another fighter's family member. So not a lot of UFC fighters are testing positive, but here's the thing. So Again, I think the problem is is we just don't know enough about this virus, because when you think back to like Von Miller of the Denver Broncos who tested positive, Von Miller has a pre-existing condition of asthma. He is black. (laughs) So black people have been disproportionately dying from COVID-19. One of the reasons for that is because of pre-existing conditions. So a lot of us have hypertension, heart disease, um, things of that nature. Obviously, Von Miller was in extremely good health. He got over it fairly quickly. Um, Rudy Gobert, I think, had the longest stretch of symptoms that I've seen so far in that his his sense of taste didn't return for a very, very long time. But for the most part, these athletes are getting it and they're, it's gone. I know Tom Hanks, he still has lingering effects from it that he's saying is almost debilitating, but he's older, obviously not as healthy as... Um, these NFL players. But when you think about the NFL and the NBA and you start thinking about coaches and these coaches are er- older, how does that play out? Because now that they're, they're putting themselves at risk, are they going to not be on the sidelines? Maybe just use headphones and, and and not have direct contact with players while they're on the field. Um, if that's the case, how are the Patriots going to manipulate that so they can cheat? <laughs> um, so I just, I don't know how this is going to play out. And I think that with so much uncertainty, I don't know why we're not erring on the side of caution. I just don't. I know this sounds weird, but when I go and I see Chick-fil-A is open, uh, they are taking every precaution possible. They are basically in these full-on masks. They're all in gloves. Some of them have the mask on and the shield, the shield protector you can't, they're not touching your former payment, but it's food, right? We all need food. And I understand people are saying, Oh, well, you know, you should just cook and go to grocery stores. That still means people have to be in grocery stores, but that is literally essential workers. And yeah, food is essential, but is sports, I understand that we need an outlet. We need a way to get out. We need a way to mentally release Number one, the fact that we are in lockdown. Number two, that we don't really know what's going on with this virus. And number three, just sitting in the house all the time is not healthy. I get that. But do we need sports, though? And that's hard for me to say because when you think about these college athletes that this is their last year that they have to prove themselves before they maybe go into the league and they're missing out on their season and then how how is that going to work? How is the draft next year going to work? I understand that there is a plethora of problems that come with not moving forward and trying to get back to some sense of normal normalcy. But what does that look like? Because just jumping back on full speed, is that gonna cause more? I, I just don't know. I don't know, guys. Um, this I am not um, a medical professional in any sense of the word. For those of you guys, I've seen several posts from people who say they don't trust Dr. Fauci, they don't trust the government. I am not mad at you for that. The government has not pr- proven themselves trustworthy, nor has our, our medical system. Our, our, our healthcare system has definitely been one of those systems that is in the business to make money. And the drugs that they give you cause side effects that you need more drugs. And big pharmaceutical in this country is, is a real thing. They make a lot of money off of sick people. So people getting healthy isn't, isn't lucrative for them. I understand the distress. I do. I don't understand not saying it's real though, because we are seeing people. If you don't know anybody who's contracted the virus, congratulations. Um, I personally do. It is not a good look. It is definitely debilitating and it is definitely scary because all of a sudden you start wondering, you know, is this going to trigger something else? Once I'm over it, is it gonna linger in my body? If it lingers in my body, is that gonna cause long-term effects? The mental trip that you go through from having it is crazy. I, I have not had it, but like I said, someone close to me has, and it's it's not a good thing. So when you consider CTE and China is saying now that they think that the virus has neurological effects, that it affects the brain long-term, especially for people who get it and they have to be hospitalized. Is it is it worth putting those two things on the same field at the same time? I don't know. I don't know. I'm saying that I'm very much looking forward to football. I just don't know if that's the right call. So you guys let me know your thoughts. Go ahead and comment everywhere. You can follow me on Instagram at JrayTheFanatic, Twitter JrayTheFanatic, DM me, I do respond. But let me know, is it that serious for us that we need football right now? I'm leaning towards no, even though I want it. So let me know. We're gonna take another break. When we come back, I'm gonna give you my unpopular opinion. So stay with us right here on CBTV radio and 950 lounge and everywhere podcasts are played i'll be right back i'm a young black man doing all that i can to stay in 2016 the deaths of alton sterling and philando castile changed my life every day i'm being hunted as prey
1: I remember feeling hurt and defeated, confused about what I wanted to do next. And then something happened. I tuned to the ESPYs and saw Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, and Chris Paul take the stage. The system is broken. The problems are not new. The violence is not new.
0: They challenged athletes and entertainers to use their platform to unify this country, but also call out injustice.
1: Now it is time for all of us, athletes, coaches, and media, to do our part to make this country better.
0: All right, guys, welcome back to the final stretch of At The Half with your girl, Jackie Ray. Thanks so much for hanging out with me here on CBTV and 950 Lounge. I truly appreciate it. Like I said, don't forget to follow me everywhere at jraythefanatic. Go ahead and DM me, you guys, if I offend you, because I swear I always get the most listens, the most views whenever I do my unpopular opinion, which is what we're going to do right now. But hey, you know what? I don't care as long as you're listening. And like I said, I do respond to DMs. So except if you're a racist, I don't respond to racist. Sometimes I do. Let me take that back. Sometimes I got time, but I probably won't have time on this one. So look, here it is. Deshaun Jackson. Um, if you follow me on the Fumble, we touched on this a little earlier this week. Um, he It's literally him facing the world right now. So I think we talked about it earlier this week too. Farrakhan did that whole speech about, you know, his whole thing on the fourth. So we talked about that earlier this week. The problem that I'm having right now is, um, and I, I don't want to sound anti-Semitic either. I, I don't, I don't disagree with a lot of what Farrakhan says. I, I don't. Uh, I do understand a lot of what he says. I do. I've I've long since had a problem with. Um, is um Israel and, and America's support of Israel. Um, I have Jewish friends, so I know that that's not going to sit well with them. But the fact of the matter is, is like there are true Jewish people that are displaced from Israel and they're being displaced by Jews as we know them today. And supporting that and standing behind that and overlooking, you know, the truth of the situation is troublesome to me. That being said though, um, like I said before, you can't ever put anything that says Hitler. (laughs) Even if he said the sky is blue and one plus one equals two, you can't say, put anything in it that says Hitler in there. But with that being said, I do want to go ahead and take just a few minutes and give that a boy to Steven Jackson. Now, if you guys don't know, Steven Jackson He is on one of my favorite podcasts with Matt Barnes, all the smoke. And uh, he took it upon himself to come to the aid of Deshaun Jackson in, in this moment and what he said. And he has been getting a tremendous amount of flashback for that. As you know, or maybe you don't know. Steven Jackson has called George Floyd his twin. He said that George Floyd was a lifelong friend, that they were super close. It was like a brother to him. And he has been on the front lines of the protests and the social movement that has sparked from George Floyd. He has stood with the family. He has stood by the family and he is rightfully demanding justice. And I think that having his face on that movement is very beneficial and it's helped the family. I think it's helped kind of push things along and it's keeping, he said he's going to make sure that this doesn't just go away. And I believe him and he has shown that. And so I've heard several commentators, none, which I feel like naming, but basically Steven Jackson came and said, Hey, you know what? He, he was defending his truth. You know, he's trying to educate himself and his people and he doesn't think that you guys should feel any type of way about that. But now, commentators, like I said, who shall not be named, are saying that by Stephen Jackson standing up for Deshaun Jackson, it takes away from all the good that he's doing with George Floyd. I 100, 1,000, 1 million percent disagree with that. And I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But first, I want to read to you some of the tweets that Stephen Jackson um has tweeted he did he has since taken down the video that he put on instagram where he also kind of co-signed on the hitler uh quote that again we don't know if that's really hitler uh but he's since taken that down and now he's on all all this love kick so a lot of negativity in this whole thing but i don't necessarily disagree with deshaun trying to educate people as to what Jewish people really look like, who Jewish people really are. I don't disagree with him on that. I 100% disagree with ever aligning yourself with anything Hitler said. I 100% agree with trying to divide like he did. I don't disagree with Stephen Jackson stepping up and coming to his aid. I have long been the proponent of, hey, we as black people, we need to stick together at all costs. My parents are my... Favorite example of that. My parents, they never really yelled at each other, but they argue. Every couple is gonna argue, Um, but never in public. My mom could be dead wrong in public. My dad could be dead wrong in public. All you saw was a happily loving couple in public because we are a united front in public. I acted a complete fool one time when I lost the state tournament in bowling. Fun fact, I paid for college... Bowling first year of college bowling, but I acted a complete fool one time when I, when I lost a tournament bowling and my dad called me to the side and he said, I need you to get it together. We are going to have a talk about this later. I got your back right now. And he literally defended me in my stupidity. Um, and I calmed down, you know, because I didn't want to embarrass him. But when we got in the car, then he let me have it. But my dad always said, we are a family. We present as a family. We rock as a family. And that's definitely where I am. I'm definitely, you know, team. We, are, we stick together at all costs. We ride together at all costs. So I'm not mad at Steven Jackson coming to the aid of, of Deshaun. I'm just not because I think that Deshaun, you know, he looked pretty defeated in his poor little Instagram post. Um, and people are calling for firing him, which is laughable because, like I said, on Tuesday, uh, y'all didn't fire Riley Cooper. So I'm not entertaining any parts of that. Um, but, you know, Steven Jackson also has taken the to Twitter several times. Um, he says he's the people's champ. Tune in. Love for all who have love for all. And then he did, you know, the multicultural fist emo- emojis. Um, then he said, yo, every race, I love you all. This is just the harsh truth that you need to hear. No hate, just the truth. You can't, you can be in denial all you want, but where does that get you? No sugar coating, no more compromising love for all who have love for all. Um, then he calls out the NFL. He says NFL owners are racist, just the facts. Um, he also called out the NBA. Um, but he also said this, this is, the time is now equality, not just an opportunity, but also equal pay. You should see some of the offers we had for all the smoke. Um, this is the truth people don't want to talk about. So he, sh- he definitely shifted, shifted it away from any type of antisemitic, um, you know, comments. I don't know if, if really realizing your heritage and where you came from is anti-Semitic. It is in how you present it. Um, but I definitely appreciated Steven Jackson coming to Deshaun Jackson's aid, I wish he would have articulated it better. I wish both of them would have articulated it better. I wish, I don't think anybody would have a problem with saying, hearing either of these two men say, Hey, you know what? I've done some research. And the truth is you go back to the time of, of Noah, Jews look like me. What happened? And then I'm on, say that I'm on this journey to figure out where this shift came, where, how did all of a sudden people who are from the middle, the middle East where the sun is literally in the sky all the time. <laughs> How all of a sudden did the melanin fade out? It doesn't even make sense. So I understand the journey that Deshaun is on. I implore him to stay on that journey and continue to do his research. And I think he will come to the place where he realizes, oh, okay, you know, a couple of different things happen. There's a lot of different people in that region at the same time because it's a holy land for a lot of people. And then you can just kind of move on from there. The Hitler thing was bad. Defending Deshaun Jackson, not bad Steven Jackson defending Deshaun Jackson But just a few months ago Said that the worst thing to happen to a black man Is a bitter black woman is where I have a problem I have a problem with this, this difference in How you treat a fellow black person Like I said, I'm ride or die If you black and I can figure out a way to rock with you I'm gonna rock with you, Period You don't even need to put an application, just need to be black. I'm rooting for everybody black, period. So when Steven Jackson says, hey, you know, I got my brother's back. He's trying to educate himself. He's trying to educate his people. I'm cool with that. But when he says the worst thing to happen to a black man is a bitter black woman, and he's specifically speaking about women he chose to sleep with, I'm a woman, y'all. I ain't forgot that. I haven't forgot that there is a disconnect. Because what he could have said in that moment is like, hey, There's nothing worse than a woman who's bitter. Because actually, Stephen, when you say there's nothing worse than a bitter black woman, you look bitter. You look like you're just discounting anything that you may have done to that woman that caused her to be that way. So if you're not going to take ownership about, A, the women you continue to sleep with over and over and over again, and B, the part that you played in it, I don't care who you call bitter behind closed doors. But what we don't need as black women who get the most hate in this country is a black man co-signing. So every little Tyrone and Leroy who's about to come up on that college scholarship is like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why I don't mess with him. That's not what we need. I'm telling you, we need to do everything we can to stick together. So if I get a chance, I'm going to ask him because he's supposed to be on the fumble this week. So make sure you check me out every single morning on the Fumble Live to see if I get a chance to sneak that question in there because I am definitely gonna ask him, what is the difference? Why did you feel the need to come to this man's aid who said something that people found offensive, but you chose to call black women bitter when it was your choices that got you in that situation. This is a very exclusive situation. You did not have to take this broad brush and paint it over black women and say a bitter black woman will destroy you. Because that bitter black woman that you're talking about is probably the most loving woman in the world with somebody else who didn't do her dirty. Let's not forget that. So if I get the chance, y'all, I am going to ask him. So like I said, make sure you tune in and check me out on the Fumble Live. If I don't get to ask him on the Fumble Live, I'm going to DM him and see if he responds back. But I'll, let y- I'll keep y'all posted on that. Again, thanks for checking me out on At The Half here on CBTV Radio and the 950 Lounge. I'm really excited, guys. You guys know I got a whole bunch of things going on. I know I have this on my new platform. The Opposite Reaction Podcast is up every single Tuesday on SoundCloud and the iHeartMedia radio app. So check that out. It is free to download that. Um, and then of course here I am and then I'm on the fumble live So make sure you guys check me out venture over to my youtube page. Follow me on instagram and twitter at jray the fanatic Love each other you guys. It's the most important thing black people Be down for black people say hello to each other We gotta learn how to start communicating with people, especially black people as black people we really all we got, y'all. Let's show a lot more love. Let's, let's make sure we keep this momentum. I know it's going to die down eventually in the mainstream, but let's keep this momentum of love flowing for black people forever. All right? It's your girl Jackie Ray with At The Half, and I will see you next time.